there is no commercial support, the speakers and trainers have disclosed no relevant financial relationships with any commercial entity. Uh, there will be a question bubble at the bottom of your screen. If you have a question for Dr. Manapali, please enter your question there. The evaluation link will be listed in the links icon at the bottom of your screen as well. It is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Supriya Manapali. She earned her medical degree from the Manapal University Satyaburan Medical College in Mangalore, India. She completed her residency in internal medicine at the University of Tennessee College of Medicine at Chattanooga and a fellowship in infectious diseases at the University of Florida College of Medicine in Jacksonville. She is board certified in infectious disease. Her areas of special interest include general infectious diseases, HIV management, hospital epidemiology, and antibiotic stewardship. Dr. Manapali has been named a fellow by the Infectious Diseases Society of America, the nation's leading infectious diseases professional society. Join me in welcoming Dr. Manapali. Thank you for the opportunity to present a series on uh, monthly talks. Um, and I'll be focusing on the 2022 outbreak. Um, I have no relevant disclosures other than the big one that I have actually not seen a case of monkey pops to date. So a lot of the information is um, from review of literature, CDC, and um, other resources. And uh, monkeypox, uh, which is zoonotic disease, um, rodents and other non-human uh, primates will harbor the virus. And both animals with human transmission and humans with human transmission have been observed with this virus. And it's endemic in Western Central Africa. In these countries, it's not even a reportable disease. And if you see here in the map, um, um, we have some cases of uh, travel related from Nigeria. The first case that was identified in 1970 was from Congo. And monkeypox is the orthopox genus virus of pox with a family. The other virus is closely related to that all the vaccinia virus, the cowpox virus, variola, that's the smallpox virus, and several other animal related pox viruses. It's an envelope double stranded DNA virus. So these are, um, when it comes to disinfection, um, these are not very hard to do, um, kill in that and how it got its name. I mean, the name monkeypox, we would think monkeys are the main reservoir. It's usually monkeys are the source of transmission from animals, humans, but that's not the case. The virus was first isolated from the forest in 1958, and that's how it got the name. But monkeys are not the natural reservoir of the virus, and monkeys do not play a major role in the animal-human transmission as well. It's usually the small rodents. So the first human case was identified in 1970 in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there are two different strains, the West African and the Central African strain. And the West African uh, strain of monkeypox causes milder disease, fewer deaths, and limited human-to-human -human transmission. While the Central African monkeypox strain causes more severe human infections compared to that of the West African virus, higher mortality, and person-to-person -person spread is well documented with this strain. And just before we get to the 2022 outbreak, I um, wanted to share some information about the outbreaks uh, from early 2000s. Um, the 
2003 outbreak in USA, um, there were 47 confirmed and probable cases of monkeypox. They were reported from six states. Um, and all the people infected with monkeypox in this outbreak who came in after they had contact with pet prairie dogs. And the pets, uh, these prairie dogs got infected actually because they were housed close to some small mammals that were imported from Ghana. And this was the first time human monkeypox was reported outside of Africa and with no travel history to the endemic areas. So, as I mentioned, there were shipments of animals from Ghana imported to Texas in April, and these uh, the pet prairie dogs were housed close to them, and um, in the and then they they got infected and they were sold as pets to these different states and that's how there was animal to human transmission. And the activities that put humans at risk of infection or either touching a sick animal, receiving a bite or scratch that broke the skin, or cleaning the cage, or touching the bedding of a sick animal. And how was the outbreak contained? Um, extensive laboratory testing, of course, identifying the possible cases, or isolating them, um, surveillance uh, of the contacts up to 21 days, uh, and deployment of smallpox vaccine and treatments. Um, in the later part of my presentation, I will go into more details about this, but the vaccines or treatments that we use for monkeypox were developed for smallpox, and they are um, effective against monkeypox as well. And also, there was guidance developed at the time for patients, healthcare providers, veterinarians, and other animal holders, and tracking potentially infected animals, and of course, very detailed surveillance and investigation into the possible human cases. And there was a lot of collaboration between different um, departments um, and their partners in the response. There was the issue and immediate involvement prohibition on the importation, interstate transportation, still releasing to the environment of certain species of rodents, including prairie dogs at the time. While FDA later rescinded the part of the order specific to the prairie dogs and domestically bred African rodents, CDC's restriction on the importation of African rodents still remains in place. Then there was another case in July 2021 that was travel related to Nigeria, and there were more than 200 contacts um, because this person um, took two commercial flights um, and was contagious during that time, but no additional cases were identified after 21 days. Um, one more case again in November 2021 that was travel related, but there were no additional cases identified after 21 days of monitoring. Um, when I was looking through some of the literature, I found this article that was very interesting in the changing epidemiology. As we all know, um, small, we stopped giving smallpox vaccine in the 1970s, and WHO declared that smallpox um, has been eradicated um, in 1980. So, Basically, the question that keeps coming up is, has there been a change in the epidemiology of the monkeypox since we stopped giving the smallpox vaccine? And we don't have a clear answer. Definitely, there has been, an, uh, there's been some changes in epidemiology that have been observed. Um, the number of human monkeypox cases have been on the rise since the 1970s, and the median age of presentation has increased from 4 to 21 years. And um, as I mentioned earlier, the case fatality rate is higher in the Central African strain compared to the West African strain. 
and since 2003, import and travel-related spread outbreak of Africa has officially resulted in small outbreaks and interaction activities with infected animals or individuals or the risky behaviors associated with acquiring monkeypox. Um, and the outbreaks, uh, I think the most, uh, the other question as I was reviewing about this current outbreak in 2022 and the earlier outbreaks is, were there cases that were missed? Um, and are we doing enough in terms of preventing the spread of this in areas that it is endemic? So increased surveillance, detection of monkeypox cases, early isolating is extremely important to prevent the spread and um, was there undetected spread that was going on in between these years is a question that keeps coming up. Um, and the outbreak that's going on currently started sometime early May, and the cases continue to raise. And um, from if you see here, there are countries all the pretty much um, there have been cases in Australia, Asia, and of course Africa, where it is endemic, and also in the non-endemic areas in Africa. Europe, there were several cases there, and South America and North America as well. And um, CDC website has a list of countries. Um, and when I took this slide uh, towards the end of last week, there were more than 3,500 identified cases worldwide, and number of countries involved are 44. And coming to how a patient presents with monkeypox um, infection, the incubation period where after the exposure, how long does it take for someone to develop the infection can be up to 21 days, but this average is 7 to 14 days. And um, there's some distinguishing features for monkeypox um, that distinguish it from smallpox or chickenpox or even measles. As we all know, there have been some measles outbreaks in some communities with low vaccination rates as well. So when they're seeing somebody with a rash, we have to keep um, other infections also in the differential, like measles, chicken pox, and um, syphilis. Um, so the first symptom usually is some fever, malaise, headache, sore throat, cough, lymphadenopathy. And the lymphadenopathy can be in the neck, in the axilla, groin, and it can occur on both sides of the body or just one side. And usually, lymphadenopathy is the one that is the distinguishing feature of smallpox from the other infections. And um, rash usually occurs after the lymphadenopathy. So, lymphadenopathy one to two days before the rash onset. And um, in the current outbreak, there have been several atypical infections where the lesions or not disseminated, maybe localized to genital or perineal area alone. And some patients also presented with proctitis. So it's important that if you're seeing somebody with proctitis, other than thinking of the usual STDs, get detailed history of any risk factors that would put them at risk of monkeypox and have that in the differential. And the strain, again, we will continue to learn more about this, but this was uh, where, this is a study published from uh, Portugal where they did some genetic sequencing, and they concluded that the strain that is currently circulating is more transmissible. It likely diverged from the monkeypox virus that caused a 2018-19 Nigerian outbreak and belongs to the class 3 of West African strain of the virus, again, which is less fatal than the Congo Basin clad and um, also the human-to-human -human transmission is 
going to limit it with this frame compared to the other frame. But because of the mutations that were observed in this particular strain that is circulating, um, they concluded that this particular strain is more transmissible. Um, hopefully, we'll learn more again about uh, all the, the strains that are circulating, but I wanted to include this one prelim report uh, in my uh, presentation today. And again, key characteristics for identifying monkeypox. These lesions are well circumscribed, deep seated and often develop umbilication kind of later to in the disease. And the lesions are small in size. If you think of chicken pox, they are cut in crops, they spread very rapidly. And, um, they're and with monkey pox, the lesions are usually in the same stage of development on a single side of the body, and fever before rash, lymphadenopathy before rash, and the disseminated rash is centrifugal. There's more lesions on extremities and face, and the lesions involve common source. The chicken pox usually common source are spared, and lesions are often described as painful until the healing phase when they become achieved. So it starts as an anthem, the mucous membranes of the tongue and mouth that may be missed, and then um, macules to papules to vesicles, pustules, um, and then it scabs. And you may see in the postular phase is when you may see that umbilication. So again, um, it's important to get detailed history and do a detailed exam. And the lesions are usually in the same stage of uh, development, all of them. And here are some of the pictures that I got from CDC website um, that show uh, the early vesicles, then a pustule, and you see an umbilicated pustule there on the top to the right and an ulcerated lesion and thrusting and scalp formation in the bottom picture. More pictures of multi-pox rash. And fitter scars or areas of lighter or darker skin may remain even after the scalps fall off. And once all the scalps have fallen off, the person is no longer contagious. And this whole process from when the rash appears, when someone develops fever, could take even up to three to four weeks. Um, so it varies from person to person, but it's a much slower process than compared to chickenpox. So distinguishing monkey, I did not include smallpox because it's eradicated, but if you have to distinguish someone presenting with rash from chickenpox and measles, I think when it comes to measles, we all know, look in the buccal mucosa for the cockroach spots. And um, for monkeypox, the distinguishing feature is the lymphadenopathy. And uh, for chickenpox, again, the rash, the lesions uh, spread in crops very, very quickly. Um, the chickenpox rash does not involve palms and soles. Um, death is very rare with chickenpox. And chickenpox lesions are more dense on the trunk. Um, and when it comes to monkeypox, the lesions are more dense on the face and presence on palms and soles. But with the 2022 outbreak, um, think of the atypical presentation involving the genital perineal areas and also proctitis. How are these diseases, how, how is monkeypox spread? Direct contact is the main mode of transmission, but it can also be spread by respiratory secretions. This is the opposite when it comes to chickenpox. It's more respiratory, even, uh, even though, yes, it can be spread by contact with the lesions, but respiratory secretion is more widely documented with chickenpox compared to monkeypox. 
This is the CDC epidemiological criteria for who is at risk for getting monkeypox. Um, in the past 21 days, reports having contact with a person or people with senior uplink rash who received a diagnosis or confirmed that are probable monkeypox. So someone with a rash with monkeypox is being suspected or confirmed. Um, someone who had close contact, close or intimate in-person contact with individuals in a social network experiencing monkeypox activity. This includes men who have sex with men who meet partners through an online website, app, or social event, or travel outside the U.S. to a country with confirmed cases. Um, so when we think of travel now, it's not just the countries where monkeypox is endemic in West and Central Africa. There are cases all over the world. Especially, there's several cases in the Europe now, um, also in um, North America. So, this I think you have to continue to look at the CDC website for the 44 list of countries that keeps changing every day. So, if someone reports a travel to one of those countries, then and they're presenting with a rash or a prodrome with fever and lymphadenopathy, think of monkeypox in the differential. Um, someone who's had contact with a dead or live wild animal or exotic pet that is an African endemic species or used a product derived from such animals. Um, I did not know there were products um, like creams, lotions, and powders that could be derived from these animals in a first-year meat. So getting the detailed epidemiological risk factors history is very important. A suspect case is someone who meets uh, one of the epidemiological uh, risk factors criteria and has a new characteristic rash. Um, so they are considered a suspect case. A confirmed case is one to isolate the DNA of the monkeypox virus from the lesions or you culture the monkeypox virus. Um, and the probable case is where we have not been able to isolate the monkeypox DNA by culture or PCR or next-gen sequencing, but uh, the lab tests were positive for one of the other. They have the characteristic rash, they have the epidemiological risk factors, and lab tests were positive for uh, one of the other orthopox viruses. Then, at least currently on the CDC website, uh, they are calling that a probable case that would require further testing. Exclusion criteria. Case can be excluded as a suspect, probable, or confirmed case if an alternative diagnosis can fully explain the illness. When um, I was looking at this statement, I think one thing we have to note is that co-infections can occur. So just because we have confirmed they have some other infection, unless that completely explains the patient's presentation, we cannot exclude monkeypox. Or an individual with symptoms consistent with monkeypox does not develop rash, um, or uh, within the five days of the illness onset, or the case where there is a high quality specimen that you have obtained that demonstrates the presence of monkeypox uh, virus or orthopox virus by PCR, or no antibodies to orthopox virus detected, and cultures like so rash can sometimes be confused with other diseases like secondary syphilis, herpes, varicella, and co-infection have been reported. So this is something to keep in mind. If we do have a case, a suspect case, which is what we would normally have if somebody comes in with a fever, a rash, adenopathy, and uh, one of the positive epidemiological risk factors, these are the three key steps. Identifying first, 
isolating them immediately and then informing public health, informing infection prevention control departments, and communicating with the lab to make sure that um, they can guide you with the testing and head up in this process. And this is the uh, information that we have shared um, on our website related to monkeypox. And uh, this includes information about the epidemiological risk factors and isolation guidelines. Uh, patients need both, uh, like, um, they need to be on contact, droplet, and airborne isolation, and negative pressure room if available. Um, and uh, while it is true that contact, uh, it's spread mostly by contact, both droplets and um, airborne uh, transmission can occur, especially if the patient is undergoing any aerosol generating procedures. And hand hygiene, um, I cannot emphasize enough about hand hygiene, especially if you're taking care of somebody with the lesions and the rash, and cleaning and disinfection. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it is not a virus that is hard to kill using um, our hospital uh, approved disinfectants. But we've communicated with our EDS department here. And linen handling, extremely important that while handling the, uh, the linen, we do not disperse the particles in the air. And until we know which strain we are dealing with, because the Central African strain of the monkeypox virus that has high um, fatality rate, it's considered a Category A. Um, any of the ways is categorized as Category A, which means uh, we have to follow the existing Ebola virus waste management plan. And of course, inform the public health because they would guide us next regarding the next steps. Patient needs to be admitted, can be discharged, what they need to do at home, treatments, vaccinations, all of that. And we have someone on call 24 by 7 for infection prevention and control department. Um, and communicate with the lab to make sure that. Um, once the public health department advises testing and tells us what to do, it's important that we communicate with the lab what we are testing and why, so that um, they can guide us further as well. And also, on their end, they can make sure the specimen is received under appropriate precautions. It's not necessary to de-root the lesion before swabbing, and two swabs from each lesion should be collected preferably from different locations on the body or from lesions which differ in appearance. And do not use cartilage swabs. So the lab will guide us regarding all of this. And there is a case report form from, among, um, from CDC that should be used to report the case. And um, I've included here the email address to use to obtain that form and report the case. So isolation precautions, um, negative pressure room if available, contact droplets and airborne isolation. And um, if there is no negative pressure room available, place the patient in a single room, door closed, um, should have a dedicated bathroom, and transportation and movement of the patient outside of the room should be limited to medically essential purposes. And if the patient is transported outside of the room, make sure the lesions are covered as much as possible and the patient is wearing a mask. And if you're doing any aerosol-generating procedures, um, then patients should be in a negative pressure room and um, appropriate precautions should be followed. And the PPE should include a gown, gloves, eye protection, and N95. Isolation precautions should be maintained until all the lesions have crusted. Those lesions have 
the scrubs have separated and a fresh layer of healthy skin has formed underneath. And this again varies, but could be could take up to three to four weeks. And activities that could suspend dried material from the lesions into the air, resulting in spread by droplets, aerosols, should be avoided. Like use of portable fans, dry dusting, sweeping, vacuuming, and standard cleaning and disinfection procedures can be followed because it's an enveloped virus and it's easy to inactivate. And waste management, as I mentioned earlier, um, the one from the Central African Spring is considered a category A based, and we may not have the information of which strain we are dealing with um, until further testing is done. And uh, until further guidance from CDC, uh, when we speak with public health, we'll be getting guidance regarding all of this um, with them because if they identify currently, I saw the prelim reports that the strain is more transmissible. That uh, belongs to the one of the parts of the West African strain. But again, this is this information is evolving and changing on a regular basis. So until further um, information is available, until we know which strain we're dealing with, monkeypox disease will be considered category A. And the category A is uh, something basically means that the infectious substance can result in permanent disability or life-threatening or fatal disease to healthy humans or animals. And um, the way we handle the category is um, the safest or best option is that, one, it's no longer infectious, which means that a process known as inactivation are usually are implemented on-site where the waste is generated, but it, and that could be also saving or incineration. But if we cannot do that on-site, then it has to be transported safely to facilities where um, the commercial waste management uh, companies where they can handle that safely. And isolation precautions to patients. Most of these patients don't need to be admitted to the hospital. Just this, having a suspicion or diagnosis does not mean they need to be in an inpatient facility. They can be discharged home with proper precautions. Instruct them to isolate at home, avoid close contact with other animals and people, and isolate until all the lesions have resolved, scabs have fallen off, and a fresh layer of impact skin has formed. And um, CDC website has really good information about the isolation precautions that should be given to patients if they are isolating at home. Avoid contact with pets in the home, abstain from all sexual activity, do not share any personal items, Avoid use of contact lens because we do not want to inadvertently infect the eye. And avoid shaving areas of the body with lesions because that can lead to spread of the virus. Um, and if any other household members have to help someone with a suspected or confirmed or probable case of monkeypox, they should wear a mask around them and also perform good hand hygiene and if they're helping care for the lesions or um, care for the patient, then it's important that they're wearing disposable gloves as well and cover the skin lesions to the best extent possible with long sleeves, long pants and uh, gloves. Maybe gloves should be considered for covering the lesions on the hands when not, um, when not able to be in isolation. And while we do not have clear guidance regarding how long we need to take precautions about, um, or, barrier pro or use barrier protection after someone is diagnosed with monkeypox, some countries are recommending to follow those precautions for up to eight weeks. 
of exposure, uh, what's considered an exposure to someone with monkeypox? Unprotected contact between a patient, personal skin or mucous membrane, and the skin lesions of bodily fluids from a patient. Um, could be sexual contact, inadvertent splashes of patient saliva to the eyes, or oral cavity of a person, ungloved contact with a patient, or contaminated material. Um, or being inside in someone's room uh, within six feet during any procedures that generate droplets or aerosols so without wearing N95 or an equivalent respirator and eye protection. All the contacts should be monitored for 21 days. And um, just from what I have observed or heard from um, other uh, colleagues, um, public health will be uh, very actively involved and contact should be instructed to monitor their temperature twice daily. And if they develop any fevers, rash, lymphadenopathy, immediately report to the health department and follow their guidance. And contacts who remain asymptomatic can be permitted to continue their routine daily activities. So just having an exposure um, does not require them to stay at home. If they have no symptoms for those during the 21 days, they can continue to do their routine daily activities. And um, they, but they should not donate any blood cells, tissue, breast milk, semen, or organs while they are under symptom surveillance. And healthcare worker exposure. Um, again, if any of the healthcare workers have an unprotected exposure. Immediately, uh, we have to make sure employee health is notified. Public health will be involved as well. And um, they do not need to be excluded from work duty, but should undergo active surveillance for symptoms, including taking temperature twice daily for 21 days. And prior to reporting for work each day, the health worker should be interviewed regarding evidence of any fever or rash or any other symptoms. Sometimes, again, depending on the scenario, um, public health may require, um, and when I was reading this, uh, what I concluded was that it's not just unprotected exposure. If we took care of someone who has been confirmed to have monkeypox or suspected case of monkeypox, even if we took all the precautions, sometimes public health may still ask us to actively monitor for the next 21 days. Um, I want to cover a little bit about the vaccines and the treatment. Um, I think the biggest thing is that none of these were developed for monkeypox, but they're effective against monkeypox, um, similar to other organisms, so, uh, orthopox viruses. So, um, infections with an orthopox virus or immunization with an orthopox virus vaccine lends cross protection against other viruses in the genus. So the two vaccines that are available are ATAM 2000 and Genyos vaccine. The Genyos is the one that is preferred, and I will get into the details of why that is preferred over the ATAM 2000. And these vaccines are available from the U.S. strategic national stockpile. And um, historically, these vaccines were offered as free exposure vaccination protection for those who work in laboratories, other for military personnel, or other personnel who work with monkeypox and other orthopox viruses. These are not widely given to all healthcare workers. Um, so um, here's a list of the groups where orthopox virus vaccinations um, were administered again under guidance from public health authorities. Um, and 
currently there is no guidance from CDC to offer free exposure prophylaxis for all healthcare uh, workers for monkeypox, but again, we await further guidance from them. The ATAM 2000 vaccine is a replication competent vaccinia virus vaccine, which means that um, there's a risk of um, serious adverse events and also risk of why someone is developing the immunity following the vaccination. There is a time period where they can actually also spread uh, the infection from the vaccinia virus to others. Uh, there have been cases of auto inoculation also from the arm. Um, they use a bifurcated needle and they touch multiple holes, and there is a take phenomenon, which is the pictures that you're seeing. It causes this um, ulceration locally and then um, eventually leads to development of the immunity. But there are serious adverse events uh, that have been reported with this progressive vaccinia infection, eczema vaccination, myopericarditis. And um, while the underlying mechanism for these serious complications is not known, that is a limiting factor with this particular vaccine. Um, in 2019, FDA licensed the Genios vaccine, which is a replicant deficient vaccine. And um, it's given as two doses as a subcutaneous injection. No major cutaneous reaction, also known as state. Um, for those who were born in the era where the vast smallpox vaccine was part of the immunization schedule to have those scars from the stake phenomenon, but Genios does not cause that um, take uh, following the vaccination, and the serious adverse events are also minimal. ACIP unanimously voted in favor of the Genius vaccine as an alternative to the ATAM 2000 for primary vaccination for the groups that normally would qualify under public health um, guidance to getting one of these autosmox uh, virus vaccinations. And not just for the primary vaccine, but also for the boosters they recommend at the Genius vaccine over the ATAM 2000. And even if someone got the primary vaccination with the ATAM 2000, those that qualify to get the boosters, again, who get the boosters are also, again, determined by public health. These are personnel who are at high risk of ongoing exposure, um, those who work in labs um, and some other public health authorities, military personnel, and how often the boosters are given also is dependent on the risk of ongoing exposure. Um, those who are considered higher risk uh, for the genuals, the boosters are needed every two years. But those with, uh, who work with less virulent autopox viruses, then um, the boosters are given at least every 10 years. Um, for regarding post-exposure prophylaxis with the vaccination, if we do have a suspect or a confirmed case, uh, once we notify the public health authorities, they will be guiding us. Uh, regarding who meets criteria to get the post-exposure um, vaccination and um, prophylaxis, but currently no pre-exposure prophylaxis with the Genius vaccine is recommended for healthcare workers. When it comes to treatment, most infections are mild, self-limiting, and do not need specific antiviral therapy. But there are certain scenarios, especially with high-risk patients, where we may consider treatment. And these are patients uh, with severe disease that have hemorrhagic complications, confluent lesions, encephalitis, or those who have um, infections involving certain uh, 
parts of the body, like the eyes, the mouth, um, genital um, areas, um, anal area, or those who are high risk of severe disease, uh, those who are immunocompromised, pregnancy, breastfeeding uh, mothers, um, those with other complications um, like pneumonia and other comorbid conditions, pediatric population, especially younger than eight years, and those with a history or presence of atomic dermatitis, other skin conditions. So there is a list of um, medicine conditions or criteria for um, those who would need, um, would be at high risk of having severe complications or having severe disease. And in those patients, there are some treatments that actually were approved or used for smallpox that we'll, we can consider using uh, for monkeypox. And there are four options for the treatment. All of these, again, once we notify public health authorities and we're closing, closely working with CDC, we'll be obtaining them from them other than the pseudocopyrin, which is available. But uh, when it comes to the Tecovirumax, Tpox, I prefer calling that, that's easier to pronounce, Tpox. Um, it's again an antiviral or vaccinia immunoglobulin IV. Pseudocovir, usually used to treat CMV, that has shown some activity against orthotox viruses and brinsidocovir. Um, again, all of these um, are available from the National Strategic Stockpile, and uh, we have to obtain them by working closely with CDC and public health authorities. And there is uh, actually a number listed here that we can contact um, them and uh, discuss the case uh, and the treatment options. So when it comes to the 2022 outbreak of monkeypox, just summarizing some of the points I've presented, have high clinical suspicion if somebody's presenting with a new onset rash. Think of the atypical presentations that have been observed specifically with this monkeypox um, in the MSM population that involves the male um, genital areas, proctitis, um, abstinent history of contact with any animals. Um, co-infection can occur. Obtain travel history, but um, with this particular outbreak, the travel history for suspecting monkeypox cannot be limited to the endemic areas in Western Central Africa. Um, could be anywhere in the world currently where monkeypox cases have been identified and obtain sexual history. And what are the projections? I know these are just projections. They may turn out to be accurate or not. But um, this is one model that I saw when I was reviewing literature that was interesting that I wanted to share with you. Uh, with no public health emergency interventions, which means isolation, surveillance, post-exposure um, vaccination, um, how many cases would we expect to see? Estimates indicate that without interventions, introduction of three cases could cause 18 more cases. Secondary cases and 30 could cause 118 secondary cases, and 300 cases could result in 402 secondary cases. Contact tracing with isolation of the symptomatic cases without vaccination would reduce the number of secondary cases by 72% following the introduction of three cases, 66% after 30 cases, and 68.9% after 300 cases. Adding ring vaccination to contact tracing would reduce the number of secondary cases by 77.8% following the introduction of three cases, 
78.8% after 30 cases and 86.1% after 300 cases. Again, this shows um, the importance of um, again being um, early isolation, the surveillance, global surveillance, um, importance of collaboration to ensure the vaccinations are available, and contact tracing isolation in a timely manner to prevent further spread. So identify, isolate, um, inform. These are the three I's that you want to remember. Identifying any suspect cases, immediately isolate them, inform public health infection control at your hospital, work closely with the lab. Contact tracing is very important for anyone who's been exposed. Um, and vaccination, again, under guidance from public health. And um, hopefully this outbreak will be contained soon with uh, collaboration um, regarding surveillance testing and prevention of spread across the different countries. And I know a lot of us are looking forward to travel this summer after two years of uh, COVID. Um, and now we're talking about monkeypox. Um, just a few precautions I wanted to mention as you are traveling, whether within U.S. or outside of U.S. Avoid close contact with sick people, especially those with skin lesions or genital lesions. Avoid contact with dead or live wild animals, such as small mammals, especially the rodents and non-human primates. Avoid eating or preparing meat from wild game. Abusing products derived from wild animals from Africa, like the paint, lotions, powders. Um, avoid contact with contaminated materials used by sick people, uh, like the clothing, bedding, materials used in healthcare settings, or that came in contact with infected animals. And in my last few slides, I'm again showing this information. Please uh, make sure you know where and how to access this, and the screen share in our communication as well. Um, as we develop our infection prevention department um, and PR. And on the last few slides, I'm just showing um, the contact information for Hug Health um, and also the phone number to call regarding treatment options. That's all I have actually. And um, I'll take any questions, as I said. Whatever I know, I think I've presented. I, uh, but I'm happy to take any questions. All right. If you have a question, please enter it into the bubble. Um, section there at the bottom of your screen. Um, Dr. Manapali, while we're waiting just a minute to see if we get any questions, I wanted to um, confirm. You said it spreads via contact and droplets? So the main mode of uh, spreading is by contact, but it has potential to spread by droplets in the aerosol solution. Okay, excellent. And have we seen any cases in Georgia yet? We have seen cases in Georgia. So, I'm looking here online. I do not see any questions. Um, let me wait here just a second to see. Have we seen any at our hospital? None at NGHS that we know. Okay. All right. Well, I see no questions, um, Dr. Mayor Polly. So, you can um, definitely reach out. Um, to jennifer.reagan at nghs.com if you have any questions, and I'll get those over um, to Dr. Mayor Polly. Thank you. Thank you so much.